You're listening to Back to the Light with J.D. Rieger. Memphis Trip, Week 1. Hey, everybody. Welcome to yet another episode of Back to the Light. I am J.D. Rieger. As I record this, I'm still in Chicago, but in less than 48 hours, I'll be on an airplane to Memphis for almost two weeks of band practices, live shows, shifts at Shangri-La, and long overdue time with my mom and all my friends in town. Cozy Corner Ribs will be eaten. This week on the podcast, we'll be talking about two shows I'm playing in Memphis, both of them on Saturday, June 5th. The first is in the afternoon, 4 p.m. to be exact, at the Cooper Young Gazebo. I'll be playing a short set as part of the 901 Comics 5th Anniversary Celebration. The second comes later that night, 8 p.m., at the new location of the High Tone. Ross Johnson Life Day is what the show is being called because it is happening on Ross's birthday. The Baron himself will be there along with his band, Turnt. I'll be pulling double duty that night with my band and the Modifiers Tribute. In just a few minutes, we're going to hear from the birthday boy, Ross Johnson, and the owner of the High Tone, Brian McCabe. But first, let's check in with our old friend, Harry Kniditziotis, from 901 Comics. Harry, thanks for joining me on the show. No problem, man. Happy to help out. First off, I want to say thanks for inviting me to play the 901 Comics 5th Year Anniversary Show, which is going to be this Saturday. Was there ever a point during this past year where you thought maybe the store wouldn't make it to this? this fifth year anniversary tell me what this last year has been like no you know i think i always had faith that it wouldn't make it um the you know the store is such a community uh fixture and it seemed like this past year everyone kind of really embraced their hobbies um and sitting at home looking for things to read even though there, there were a couple of months where you know new comics weren't published but people seemed to uh embrace all the the stacks and stacks of things they haven't read yet in the past. So it's been really nice. And I, and also with Memphis after the snowstorm in February, it seems like people have just been, um, even more in overdrive in, in buying comic books and things like that and just embracing their hobbies. So is, is the store, are you guys open to full capacity, half capacity? How are you guys running things now? Oh yeah. Yeah. We're open to full capacity. Um, we're, we're allowing people, uh, who are vaccinated to come in and where, you know, people are still wearing masks. We kind of leave it up to the individual to decide whether or not they want to wear a mask. But I'd say most people are still kind of com- coming in masked and cautious. I know you've got the show, but also are you doing like any kind of special sales or anything with the store also? Oh yeah. So all week long, we're going to be doing sales from Memorial Day all through the week. Uh, we'll have a different sale every day. Some days will be 20% off of toys. One day it'll be buy one, get one free on comics. Um, percentage off statues, things like that. So we're going to change it up every day. And then and then on uh, Saturday the 5th, we're going to have a 10% um, sale on everything. But also 10% of our sales we're donating to a cause called Room at the End. So kind of the, doing the uh, give back to the community type of thing. So local charity charity that helps homeless people get off the streets and get their lives together. Yeah, I'm aware of it. Jeff Hewlett has done a lot of work with that charity. Okay, great, great. 
Yeah, I know one of the guys in the bands that were that's playing Whiskey Wells uh, is involved in that charity. So the bands, um, how that kind of came about is one of the bands. It's a new band called Super Flat, and they had recorded a song at the studio at Five Dime Recording called Doctor Confusion, and their plans were to press it up as a flexi disc. And then uh, the bass player had, who was also kind of the writer and the lead guy had decided that he thought it would make a good comic book. So he, um, he, he got a friend to write an eight page comic book. So they were kind of co they're releasing this comic book slash seven inch flexi disc. And this is kind of their kickoff party, I would say. So they're going to be the headline band and then whiskey wells are playing also. And then, you, the infamous J.D. Rieger, will be blessing us on your Midtown Memphis tour, <laughs> <laughs> which I think is always a joke to like play in Midtown as, as often as possible. Um, and then a, a, a young band called Sunweight, who is actually uh, Pat Moharan's uh, other project outside of playing in Switchblade Kid. It, um, it's 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 kind of funny because I feel like now you know we do the bands at the gazebo once or twice a year for the comic book shop. And I, I feel like it's always been kind of a point of like, Oh, you can't have the same band play, play twice. And I feel like at this point, you know, it's like, Oh, there's so many great Memphis bands, you know, you can kind of filter through them all and not have the same people play. And then when you have a surprise guest like yourself show up in town, it's like, Hey, there's a gig pop on in. You know, one thing I'm definitely excited about is, you know, I'm playing a few other gigs, but they're mostly with, people that i already know people i'm familiar with which is really great but i'm 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 super psyched to see some new bands i haven't seen before yeah i guess uh that's always the thing is getting, getting exposed to new stuff even for other bands it's interesting to see kind of the, you know i know in other cities i've been hearing shows are kind of popping up back again it's interesting to see them popping up in, in memphis i went to a show last night the high town um i did go to murphy's and that was kind of like walking into bizarro world everything's clean and you, you can't smoke in there anymore oh weird yeah i'm not sure if they're gonna be doing the band thing anymore but you, ne you never know but i'm sure i know lamplighter is going to be do doing music so and the high tone seems to be have a pretty good full calendar of that. yeah obviously i'll be there later that same night yeah you're playing with what ross yeah ross and uh we're gonna do a modifiers thing and and ross's band he's gonna be playing with turnt that night Okay. Okay. Yeah. So it's the, it's the Ross Life Day. Yes, indeed. More on that later in the show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So go. So, so it's, the plan is to go to the gazebo, you know, and see the outdoor show, and then go go to the uh, late night Ross show. <laughs> yeah. For me, anyway. I hope I hope that's the plan for other people as well. Well, that's why you have tour posters. Actually, I saw Ben Ricketts playing last night, and uh, so I know you're also playing a show with. Yeah, how was that? It was really good. It was really good. He, uh, well, it's one of the shower curtain shows at the High Town, but I, I do believe that the shower curtain work, works well with his act. Well, benches are great. They are kind of an acoustic, kind of like folk punk thing. Lots of percussionists. But I did, I did see Jack play the other day at the High Town too, and uh, Jack was great. I, I, I think I told you I, I, I thought him firing the band was the best move because, uh, I don't know, the sound, was, it, it, it sounded really good. I'll, de I'll definitely pass that along. Oh, I've already told him. He knows. <laughs> well, cool, man. This has been fun. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing you this Saturday 
at 901 Comics and the Cooper Young Gazebo. Yes, Saturday, June 5th. Awesome, man. Thank you. All right, man. You have a good one. For more information on the show, check out 901 Comics on Facebook. The next thing I want to do is share a song from my new album, Where Wasn't I?, which will be coming out later this year. This is the world premiere of the finished version. I played an earlier incarnation of it on the show several months ago, back when it was still an instrumental. Now the track features contributions from several friends, including, perhaps most notably, the namesake of Ross Johnson Life Day, June 5th at the High Tone, Mr. Ross Johnson on lead vocals. There's a lot more I could say about the creation of this song, but I also hope it sort of speaks for itself. I'm really proud of it. I hope you like it. After we hear it, stay tuned for a special message from Ross himself and then more podcast. This is Philanderer. She's been gone a few years and she really had to leave because I got a little problem. Promiscuity. I, I'm a cheater. I'm a liar. So I cheated, I lied. I lost and I cried. And I had her. I asked her to come back. I begged her to come back. Time again, or sometimes she'd just come back against her better judgment. Because I guess you could call it love. I have, I really don't think of love in, in, in a Dr. Phil kind of way. Like everything's got to be healthy. I think all the crazy stuff and all the Obviously, trouble stuff. That's that's love. So I wonder if she came back because I don't. I'm not a praying man, but I certainly hope against hope because I'm a dope. I wish she'd come back, but what would happen to who I'm with right now? Sweet and kind. I, I've never had much use for sweet and kind. I, J.D., buddy, here it comes. <clears throat> Hold on, let's see if I can do this homo the right way. I'm pretty sure I can if I just do this. There are, all right. My name, hello, everyone in, in, in ra- 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 Radio Land. My name is Ross Johnson. You 
you may not know me if you don't, lucky you. Uh, if you do, and you're still speaking, we're still on speaking terms, I'm going to tell you about an event, and it's, uh, uh, yeah, a Ross Johnson Life Day. That was, uh, all right, I'll be there in a minute, though. Um, Ross Johnson Life Day is going to be Saturday, June 5th. My birthday, I will be 68 years old. And it's Ken Walker, life of mine. At 8 p.m., starting there at 8 p.m., right a bit after the uh, raining sound extravaganza. So if y'all looking for somewhere to continue the party, well, it'll be going on. That's right, June 5th, 8 p.m., high tone. J.D. Rieger is coming down from, yeah, he's living up north in Chicago, I think. Uh, he's coming back down home. Maybe we'll convince him to stay. Um, and he's going to play. And, and I have a, a new band, or a new band has me. Turk, that T-U-R-N-T, capital, double ellipses, Roman characters on that. Nothing, everything, cat. Capital, first. If you can imagine that, and we're a spectacle to see in here. Uh, Scott Taylor, Hans Ballhaber, Bill Webb, and then there's me, the weakest link. But anyway, when I look back on 43 years as a of a non-career in the music biz here in the, in Memphis, Tennessee, I just reflect on how much. I don't feel much of anything. But yeah, maybe I'll see you uh, there, Ross Johnson last day. That's coming up. Bye, y'all. Good night. Have a, have a, have a best day. Thank you, Ross. Last but not least, my next guest is the owner of the High Tone, where I'll be playing June 5th with Ross Johnson and crew. I can't wait to be there. You can find more info on our show, as well as the full High Tone calendar and menu, at hightonecafe.com. This is my conversation with Brian Skinny McCabe. Hey, man, thanks for joining me on the show. Hey, thanks, man. Thanks for having me. This is actually my first uh, first official podcast endeavor. Well, welcome, I guess, if it's my place to welcome in that regard. Uh, tell me, I know a couple of people I know played the club last night, Ben Ricketts and was it Wailing Banshees? Wailing Banshees, yeah, and Ben Ricketts, yeah. We did the, the Shower Curtain concert series. How, how's that been going? It's been going really cool, man. It's like, a, it's, it's really different. It's a, it, so like, you know, we had almost, a, well, almost a whole year off pretty much of, you know, no live shows. And I had the idea to, uh, instead of putting up like plexiglass and spending all that money on wood and plexiglass, I was like, I could just run across the street to a family dollar and buy a bunch of shower curtains. And I have zip ties and poles and stuff already. Let's see if this works. And the first couple went really, the first one went really well. And then we did, uh, that was whiskey wells. And then we did the glory holes. And now people are just asking to do them. And like, it's really cool because we put lights behind them and um, it glows like with the white. I went with the white trans, uh, white shower curtains instead of like transparent ones. So basically, all you see is people's silhouettes playing. And it's a, I don't know, it's just like a really different vibe. It's something that I've never seen before and it's, it's really enjoyable. People are really coming out for it and digging it. Do you think you'll keep doing it beyond the point at which it's necessary? 
<laughs> yeah, um, it's it's kind of a novelty thing, but it's people really are digging it. They're at, they're trying to find out when the next one is. I've got one set up for June. I've got another one set up for July. And as long as people keep digging it and um, and bands are asking me to actually do it, yeah, I'll book it. I'll keep going. Cool. Yeah, I think it's a really neat idea. Also, thanks. So. I know it's been kind of a crazy year for you in general. Uh, since the last time I was at the High Tone last March, I know you've not only moved, but also, you know, survived a pandemic. So, yeah, I guess tell me about all of that. How's the last year been? I'd rather not talk about that. No, I'm just kidding. It's been, <laughs> it's been a, a, a blessing and a curse because, you know, I bought that building three weeks before everything shut down. And then... um you know, it was weird because I don't, I honestly don't know how I would have made it work with moving everything over to the new spot, which was only a block and a half down the street. But the, the blessing of it all kind of was, was cool that we, we had time to get everything how we wanted it and, you know, cleaned up and ready. But there was also the, the, the curse of, okay, are we going to be able to open next month? Because, you know, at first it was just like a two week, Shut two weeks shut down, flatten the curve, and then that turned into you know a month, and then two months, and then three months, and and then we were ordered to shut down again. They like put it on the news and everything, saying that these limited service establishments, basically what we are, since we don't sell um, enough food, we sell more alcohol than we do food. Um, these places immediately need to shut down. I'm sitting there watching the news like. I've been shut down. This is, I mean, this was in July of last year when I saw the news. And I was like, dude, I've been shut down the entire time. Why am I being blasted on the news? Anyway, um, but, you know, it, it gave us a lot of time to uh, get acclimated to the new place and put stuff where we wanted it. And then, as with anything, once you move, like, one of my coolers, it took like five or six of us to get this giant beer cooler up the stairs. Um, we have an elevator now, but it took five or six of us to get it up there. And as soon as we got it up there and plugged it in and started stocking beer in it, 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 it went out on us. So I had to buy another one. And then, you know, anything that can go wrong did, but we weren't, um, we didn't have any customers to really worry about having to shut down for again since we were already closed. So yeah, it was, it was weird. I mean, somehow, and somehow we made it out of it. We're back at, back in business now. So you were planning the move regardless of the pandemic. Like you weren't, you weren't going to move. Correct. Right. Right. Yeah. I was, I, I, I had it planned for like May ish. I got the building in February, early February or like middle February, excuse me. And, um, had planned the move and then um, we were still trying to figure out, okay, so we have, we have to close. We, we sold our last drink on March the 18th. Um, and then we were like, okay, we'll shut down for two weeks. That'll be fine. You know? And then it was, you know, a month and then three months and then six more months. And it's like, Whoa. But yeah, I, I mean, I had already purchased the building and uh, planned on moving anyway. 
Well, tell me what drew you to this new space. What are some of the advantages and features that you liked better about this new spot? Well, number one being that it's cheaper to keep her. You know, it's 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 always better to own than to rent. Um, that I like the 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 aspect of the two stories, um, which I hate stairs. Obviously, I'm fat and. Uh, you know, I, I personally hate the stair idea, but we do have a lift now that uh, the bands can put their gear in and load up. The window views are really cool. Like you can see almost all the way around you. There's one I just found out a couple of months ago that there's like another section of windows that's boarded up that um, we're going to uh, bust out and you'll be able to see 75% all the way around you. I don't know what that would be in degrees not like a 360 not a full 360 but close yeah but close yeah whatever a quarter of that would be 270 no yeah 24 two, four. i don't know <laughs> i'm i'm horrible at that i don't know yeah i'm not i'm not with it right now but yeah um you know just owning your own place man that's been a goal of mine for a long time to own my own commercial property and it's cool that there's a there's a barber shop in there so i not only became a um property owner but a landlord at the same time and then i mean we needed more space anyway when i when i took over hightail and um we started doing more events and and bigger and then adding what i the everything that i knew and what came with me to the already existing events going on at the hightail um it just added everything. We're doing over 400 shows a year between the small room and the big room and then matinee shows and daytime stuff. Like I've got a pop-up market tomorrow from one to five. And then we have a drag show later on that night. So like I'm always trying to fill the calendar and we were just, we were honestly running out of room at the old place. Another thing that you've really ramped up at the new spot is this kitchen, right? Yeah. Yeah. That, uh, that turned out to be really cool too. And the place came with a bunch of gear already in the in the kitchen. So when I purchased it, I got to keep a couple fridges and freezers, and then I already had stuff from from the other spot. And Chef Sleepy came on board, so we got Sleepy Skinny. I just talked to DJ Squeaky yesterday, so we're, we've got four doors left to fill in here. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I was on the phone with Squeaky. When Sleepy walked past me, and I was like, well, this is just silly. This has gotten ridiculous around here. Yeah, he, he came on board and tried to t- tried to tailor the menu. I mean, he makes, like, everything from scratch. He made some bread pudding the other day because we didn't, we didn't really have a dessert item on the menu and made the caramel from, from scratch, made the um, bread pudding, all of it from scratch, and it's absolutely fantastic. So, I mean, he's, he's knocking it out the park with the menu, man. People can't get enough of it. So that was that was going to be my question, actually, is what do I have to get when I'm in town in a couple of weeks? Well, man, uh, it, you know, it all depends on what you're in the mood for. But we have this uh, the, the Nutbush Hot um, Chicken Pizza that is crazy, crazy good. So it's like our take on the Nashville hot sauce. It's, it's kind of like a milder buffalo sauce. You like pickles? Yeah. So it's got the it's got the uh, the hot sauce all over it, ranch the nutbush hot chicken and pickles and people are like pickles on a pizza. I mean, come on, it's not that far fetched, but it is, it's one of the weirdest things you'll ever have, but so good. 
you know, I saw someone else on Facebook posting about how good that is. So maybe that's, I guess that's going to go on, on top of my list. I'll split one with you. <laughs> right on. Tell me a little bit about your backstory. Uh, we met, I was trying to think, what would it have been? Like 2000, like four or something when you were still working at so. Newbies? Somewhere around yeah, there. I, I started there like late 2004, 2005. Yeah, something like that. Uh, I had just been hanging out up there for a while and um, was leaving one night. And uh, one of the door guys comes up and he's like, "Hey, man, you want to um, you want to you want to make some extra cash? We need extra security on St. Patty's Day." And I was like, "Yeah, cool, whatever. What do I got to do?" He's like, "Just make sure nobody gets up on stage," which I thought was really weird that I was working stage security for Sunvolt. Um, that, <laughs> that sounds like the lamest gig ever. Not generally a raucous crowd. No, not at all. Everybody was, you know, middle-aged and chill, <laughs> but that, I mean, they paid yeah, me. Was to, yeah. That was, uh, <laughs> St. Patty's day of 2005, I believe. Um, yeah. And that was my first gig. And then they just kept asking me to come back and I was like, well, this is dope. Um, you know, cause I had done, I had done club promotions for, um, wild one Oh seven five and hot one Oh seven for a while and street promotions back when like shooters was around. You remember that? Oh, and, and Raleigh, I did, I helped them do their like live remotes. I worked for the radio station and then uh, a couple other promo companies, but we just go around, hang up flyers, do street team stuff. And then I started, Working um, at Newbies, doing the door a couple nights a week, and then you know I have friends that were in bands, and they're like, "Dude, you work there now. You should you should get us booked." So I talked to the owner and started booking shows, and then eventually worked my way up to head of security, and then was still booking shows there at at the same time. And um, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> and then I was like, "Now I want to bartend." Then I started bartending and booking shows all at the same time, and some nights. We were, and I, and then I, I became so enthralled in it that I wanted to learn like every single aspect, but sound, sound engineering. I hate messing with that. Like I just don't want to figure it out. So I mean, I could run the, I could run the flyer, or the, the, the deep fryer, the bar, t uh, bartend, throw somebody out, you know, all in the same exact night while I booked the show that was also playing, and worked up to, to bartender, and then um general manager and then there was that's pretty much the highest point you could go and um then it shut down and i had a couple of weeks off just laying around the couch and got a call that the high tone was for sale and i was like well i've been wanting to do something kind of on my own anyway um and the rest is december would be seven years i've owned high tone now jesus yeah. you know was there any kind of a learning curve switching from newbies to the high tone? Because obviously, I mean, it's not completely dissimilar, but there is a, you know, different crowd. There was kind of a, a, a disconnect and there was a, actually, I wouldn't say like hate mail or anything like that, but you know, I mean, I, I went to the high tone when I wasn't working at newbies and there was a, there was a definite um, contrast mostly because um, newbies did a whole bunch of like jam bands but if you remember, I, I had Electric Six over there. I had Pretty Lights. I had uh, I was the first person to bring Pretty Lights to Memphis. I mean, I, we did. I saw uh, they might be giants there. I remember they might be giants. Yeah, that was that was. 
I mean, we did a little bit of, of everything, just not more so like the huge metal stuff. And, and, but I mean, we did hardcore shows. We did, you know, everybody thought I was some hippie going to take over their high tone, their precious high tone and bring in a bunch of jam bands or something. And I was like, dude, I'm not into that. I I just booked it because I, I could, or I had to, or that's what kind of what the place was about, you know? But I mean, I sprinkled in my, my weird stuff. Oh, I, I mean, I, I brought green jelly in there um, to newbies once. <laughs> that was cool. We really ended up hanging out for some reason. I'm not sure how this all worked out, but I was running the studio that was in like the, the green room at newbies for a while. And yeah, and I guess you yeah. and some fr- you and some friends wanted to do some like a rap song or something. So you guys ended up coming into to my studio <laughs> and ended up recording so, this song for you. So yeah, tell me, it kind of launched like a kind of a brief but not unsuccessful music career. Yeah, no, it wasn't it wasn't half bad, man. I went on a little a little tour, uh, played the Delta Fair. I think didn't you hook me up with that? I did book you on that show. Yes, yeah, <laughs> that was fun. Uh, you know, that was another learning thing that I wanted to do, honestly, because I, I, I've been the guy to always book the shows and tell people when to be on stage, but I've never been the guy to be told what time to be on stage. So I was like, well, anybody, anybody can rap. I can figure this out. And, uh, <laughs> and, and then it just kind of like people kept coming to shows and asking when the next one was. And then I was just like, what? Okay, well, we'll do another show. And then I made you know, made some money doing it and was like, well, I'll keep this going when I'm not working or something. And, um, and then I just got, was like, no, 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 this is not what I'm, this is not what I'm looking for. I just wanted, I wanted the experience to like, because I know how to run a show, but I don't know how I didn't then know how to be a performer and see what everything felt like from their angle. So I wanted to have that familiarity and it was, you know, if I, well, if you want something done, you know, you got you have to learn every aspect of it. How do you think that changed like your MO as like a bar owner or as a promoter seeing it, you know, seeing things from the other side? I mean, you know, that was kind of a it 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 made me it made me realize a couple things, like how people interact with the club owner and stuff like that and and the sound engineer and, you know, cause you, you, you can see it, but you have to see it from all sides. So, I mean, it, it definitely, it definitely helped me to have that sort of knowledge of, of what is being asked of me and what the, um, cause you know, if I did it and I didn't promote it, then the club would have a, would have a terrible night, not make any money. They'd never have me back, you know? So, I wanted to make sure I gave it my all and, and got people out there and got people drinking. And it was, a, I mean, I know a bunch of drinkers, so it was a successful night, you know, for everyone involved. Didn't you guys end up either doing some shows or maybe recording with like some pretty heavy hitters, like skinny pimp and folks like that? Yeah. Yeah. I did a song with, uh, with, with skinny pimp. Um, who else did I have on there? I remember Jesus, there was some man, talk so, that you might bring Skinny Pimp out to the fair for that show, but I don't think he ended up showing up. He no, he didn't. But the 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 uh, the porn star that got busted for um, wearing the sheriff's uh, the sheriff officer's shirt. Remember that the the Memphis porn star that got busted? No, I uh, don't yeah, remember. she came out. 
<laughs> yeah, well, she came out. She was a she was a buddy of mine's friend. Moving back forward, I'm going to be back at the High Tone on June 5th. Um, I'm curious. I mean, what should I be expecting from Memphis shows right now? Are things getting better? Are things still weird? Is there still anxiety in the air? What's what's going on with shows? Man, um, it it all depends on on. Pre- pretty much what venue you're going to we're we've been we've been one of the tougher ones on the rules um just because you know i don't i don't i couldn't afford to be shut down again so i mean you know we're still we're still masking up and we're going around they they dropped the mask mandate and everything i mean people are ready to to just see music and, and party again and um, we've still got some areas you know set aside for tables and such that if people don't want to mix and mingle all down front in the stage, they can get away, get a break, be away from everybody. So, but I mean, the energy is, the energy is more effervescent than it has been in a long time because you don't know what you got till it's gone and it's been, it was gone for a year. So people are not even batting an eye at the cover anymore, not arguing, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's been really, really refreshing, honestly. And people are just enjoying the shows. Justice came by last night, actually. Oh, oh really? Yeah, he's going to be playing with me. Yeah, he uh, he's coming in on like the third to, um, he's like, I just need to get a feel for the room. Give me about an hour. <laughs> I was like, okay, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's cool. Yeah. We talked about what, you know, what, what I need to eat, but for for people who've maybe never been there before like myself what what do, what do folks need to know like where exactly is the new spot where do people park like what's the the upstairs downstairs situation what's what's you know lay it all out yeah got you um so the the downstairs isn't open at the moment i ran into a uh a plumbing issue that i'm getting sorted out as we speak um but it's at 284 north cleveland um come to the back up the stairs, you can park uh, as is tradition with everything. There's not a lot of parking, but you can park over at the Regions. I went over there and got permission from them. The Regions Bank has a giant lot. There's some spots along the side of the building, and then you know where like that strip where Fong Long is. Um, there's also a ton of parking over there. Everything's going to be a little bit of a walk, but go up the back stairs and. Uh, Eventually, when, when when I get the plumbing sorted out and get staffing in place and everything, because, you know, with the whole six-foot rule, it would make no sense to open the downstairs because it's so small, loungy, chill. Uh, we could only get about, you know, five people in there with, uh, with everybody being spaced six feet apart and da-da-da. Um, so I just decided we'll just leave the downstairs closed. And then we ran into the plumbing thing, but that's being sorted. So the upstairs is... Three three thousand something square feet, and it's huge and new and cool and not shiny uh, because there's dust everywhere from all the the project that we've been working on for forever. But it's real cool, man. I think you're really going to dig it. We we put a lot of I, I tell this I tell this to people when they ask you know, like what's the vibe of the new place. And I said I'm gonna go ahead and tell you. I, I told my staff when we were building and like cleaning everything and hanging up pictures. I was like you know. Blow cigarette smoke everywhere, spit whiskey on the walls. Let's just make this our new home, you know? <laughs> and it worked out. It's really, it's really cool. Awesome. Well, I can't wait to come back. It feels great to be uh, 
to be coming back to the high tone. It's even, you know, going back to before you took over, but still extending on, it's always felt yeah. like kind of my home place. So I'm excited to be back. Man, we're, we're, we're glad to have you too. It's going to be fun, man. A lot of people are talking about this the, uh, next weekend. I hope so. <laughs> uh, cool, man. Well, uh, thanks for doing this. And yeah, we'll be in touch next week. Thanks for popping my podcast, Cherry. <laughs> or really, as people listen to this, this week. Oh, oh, this week. Okay, yeah. This Saturday. Yeah, dude. Sounds good. Thanks for doing this. Thanks, man. That's the show. Thank you to Harry, Ross, and Skinny. I hope to see my Memphis folks this Saturday, June 5th at either 901 Comics or The High Tone or Sunday, June 6th at Shangri-La Records where I'll be working behind the counter. Next week on the podcast, we'll be talking about more Memphis shows that I'm doing at B-Side and at Black Lodge. Until then, you can find more information at backtothelight.net. See you soon. Wish me luck and take care, y'all. of the Back to the Light podcast network at backtothelight.net.